think it's time we blow this scene. Get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. Next up, we have the Everyone in the Courtroom Grows at My Shit Award for Cringe. Okay, this is for the cringiest of takes this year. Uh, first, we have Hannah Simpson. She tweeted, I imagine two states living side by side. At first, you think they're just roommates living side by side in a oh. cramped apartment. But no, Israel is totally gay for Palestine, and it goes both ways. Oh. <laughs> that's oh. the appropriate That's the appropriate response. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's the kind of response I'm going to <laughs> Next... Katie Balls, uh, she tweeted in July, uh, it's like when you're in a nightclub at 1.30am. You don't need to be attractive or funny, just still be standing. I'd probably go home with Keir Starmer at 1.30am in the morning. Oh. Bliss was it in that dawn to be alive. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm just remembering, like, it's been a long time since I've been in like a club as the lights come on, I think. Mm. But... Um, <laughs> It might actually have been Rock City. Was the last time you were in a club when uh, the when lights the lights came, came on. on, and you can see the colour of the floor and see what's been so sticky all that time. <laughs> Hugh, when the lights come on, Shaka, when the walls fell. <laughs> I wouldn't go back. We'd get back home with Kiss Time at that time of night. <laughs> um, well, not on his bike, certainly. Um, next, we have Melanie on. Mm-hmm. Don't you think we all know a Jess, a doer, a matriarch, a turn to? Might not be your pick, but she is the mum at the school gates, the receptionist at the doctor's, behind the counter at the corner shop, the loud auntie in the kitchen, or person pulling pints in the pub to me. Hmm. I think that's very fucking telling, because as someone who used to go to the school gates all the time with my kid, she's um, she's my stepdaughter, and those mums would make, you know, little asides about, you know, the new man around. And that's the kind of person Jess is. So she is quite right. She's never done any of those jobs, right? The ones that are jobs, no. that, no, are, that no, are paid, she paid occupations. Uh, she's never done those jobs. No. Like, it's just, I, I knew when bank adverts started doing testimonials and like spoken word mm. poetry that it wouldn't be long before it spread to politics. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. Next, we have Matthew Dancona, mm-hmm. world's saddest man. He always looks so sad. Everything Marina Hyde's right. Everything Marina Hyde writes is a must-read, but this includes a reference to Jar Rule that makes me want to go back to university and write a doctoral thesis on intertextual comedy in the works of Marina Hyde. Oh, oh! Why is like there is a man of a certain age involved in, um, like, who's paid for their political opinions, unlike us, who are just so thirsty for that woman. I, I don't get it. It's not funny. No. Like, it's not. I'm sorry, it's just not. Uh-uh. Like, it's very, very standard comedy stuff. Like, the actual line that um, that he's referring to here mm-hmm. is, um, uh, to labour, why are you still here? Did someone order some more wrong with a side order of obnoxiously erroneous? Because I definitely didn't. You've just spent four years plugging a political fire festival. On the matter of where Labour should go next, I would honestly rather hear what Ja Rule has to say from here on. Oh, God. Uh, hmm. Next, we have James O'Brien, way back in January. Nice. I guess it boils down to this. 
there were many good reasons to assassinate Suleimani, but even a cursory <laughs> reading. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's just it's just thinking like James O'Brien. Um, who very recently has got into geocaching. He's very much, you know, the standard liberal Remainer living in Chingford. Chingford? Um, not Chingford, the other one. The one that's south southwest. Chiswick. Chiswick. Um, and it's like, I was contemplating the many reasons there were for killing somebody. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> he, he continues... Even a cursory reading of Trump's record shows that he has never done anything for good reasons. So the more you think about it, the harder it is to have a position. How unfashionable. Oh, he's so obsessed with that shit. These two are definitely, definitely the same thing. Yeah. They are definitely equitable, equitable positions to hold. Fucking idiot. Also, you're literally employed to have a position. You're the liberal commentator on a, let's say, hard right radio station i think you i think it's a bit more than hard right at the moment with them um, <laughs> organizing literal white supremacists to come on to catch out um Keir Starmer. next we have gabby hinsliff mm-hmm. if i was pm i'd get major blair brown cameron and may together as an ad hoc panel to advise as needed in crisis response they'd pull they'd all put country over party <laughs> all got more experience than him of crisis also, it would be the WhatsApp group to end all WhatsApp groups. The WhatsApp group to end all WhatsApp groups. What to say? What are you doing? So well, I'm gifts. in Uzbekistan at the moment. I can't tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> Just endless West Wing gifts. They'd all put country over party. Yeah. So, John Major, the yeah. man who you know did all the Maastricht stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it well did the like did the Maastricht stuff and was constantly in trouble with his own party uh blair who mm, uh brown mm, <laughs> cameron who literally held the referendum in order to t- uh, st- stitch the uh, tory party together again mm-hmm. and may who you know she was prime minister like last year yeah <laughs> you know like no, it's not historical revisionism like of political leaders that's been a thing for the last four years which has been really mm. fucking galling and like Yesterday's inauguration was just a whole mess of it. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's also like, um, it's what we said about Boris. You know, the the post PM mm-hmm. dividend. Yeah. It does include money and speaking gigs, but it also includes like untrammeled respect. Yeah, your your record gets whitewashed to fuck. Next, we have James Melville. Why don't we start a crowdfunder to hire the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra to play the EU anthem Ode to Joy on a boat on the Thames and light up the London Eye with the EU flag at 11pm as a touche to the Big Ben (coughs) bongs for Brexit? No, it's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same thing as the Big Big Ben bongs for Brexit. Obviously, if you remember back to January, that was a hot topic for about like a couple of days. Yeah, that they were going to make it bong. Stop the repairs so it could bong for Brexit. That's just <sighs> uh, Jennifer Williams mm-hmm. on the Dominic Cummings affair, the Barnard Castle affair. Mm-hmm. Today has been a good day for the British press. It's impossible not to sound a little holier than thou. <laughs> you manage it though. <laughs> to sound a little holier than thou about this, but I'm a bit stubbornly romantic about my job. We exist to make power accountable, and that's Jesus. what happened today. Also, one thing I always feel heartened by is just how bloody-minded journalists are. 
a lie will be picked up in 30 seconds. We're <laughs> awful, suspicious, useful people. Oh, this is if, from ever, the, uh, if ever there was a, is... a career that you is like, if you're a professional wallet inspector, that's the job you go to get your money from. Surely, you know, they're the ones. It's like, ah, oh, journalist, eh? Can I just check a lie your wallet will be picked your up in, A lie will be picked up in 30 seconds and then transmitted ad hoc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, completely. Uh, yeah, just unbelievable hubris from the don't publish uh, science results, people with humanities degree will interpret them, school of utter cunt. Yeah. Oh. Uh, next, we have uh, Katie Brand saying... Trump's worst nightmare is Buttigieg, right? Mm. Buttigieg. So, Trump's worst nightmare is Buttigieg, right? Someone who just comes out of nowhere, no dirt, clean <laughs> as a whistle, nothing to attach a nickname to, suddenly gaining momentum. Trump's ideal candidate would be Sanders or Biden. He wouldn't know what to do with Buttigieg. And then Emma Kennedy uh, t- chimed in, it's exciting, and he's gay. Whoop! <laughs> 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 he did attach a nickname because yeah. he obviously did. Wasn't it Little Mayor Pete? Something like that, yeah. But the thing is, because that's yeah. all that he can... Little Pete. Like, if there's one thing that you could say about Trump as a political operator is his ability to attach a nickname to things. To insult people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like someone who comes out of nowhere as well. Literally, like, what? who did he work for? It was McKinley. McKinsey, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, not saying he's done stuff with the CIA personally, but, you know, he spent a lot of time in Afghanistan <laughs> as an employee of a company that does a lot of work for the CIA. How dare you? Um, next we have uh, Liam Bull, uh, some Anon guy. Uh, Piers Morgan, Jeremy Clarkson, Stephen Fry and Rowan Atkinson to advise our government would be highly entertaining and yet certainly more productive, honest and transparent. This soft life we live needs to stop. <laughs> the ending's brilliant. <laughs> Amazing whiplash there. It's just like, oh, the British canon. Oh, it's just oh, chummy, you know, English stand-ups. <laughs> As I stare into the void. Well, it's like the idea that, you know, a collection of English stand-ups would be the ones to go to to make the hard choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, next, we have Sky News debate. Uh, this was on a Labour leadership election debate. Mm-hmm. Lisa Nandy uses her question to ask both Keir Starmer and Rebecca Long-Bailey if they would go for a drink after the debate and what they would be drinking. It's like just... A pint. I don't know. What yeah. is this? Why do you keep doing this? Yeah. It's like, ah, I see that Keir Starmer will drink a traditional British pint of bitter. And Rebecca Long-Bailey has chosen communist vodka! <laughs> yeah. Vodka soda. <laughs> what? Then Lisa Nandy fucks up and orders a Corona. <laughs> um, well done. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Hughes... Uh, this is in response to John McDonnell saying how repeated character assassinations won't break Jeremy Corbyn. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't break him. Yeah. No, but we can put the anti-Semitic, privately educated, Tory-facilitating, Brexit-enabling, millionaire catastrophe-fuck of a career politician Corbyn in jail. Yay! In jail? Less than a month, less than a month until the publication of the EHRC report. Oh, yeah. TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> you traitorous Tories. TikTok. Wow. That is that's amazing because that's a proper full house. That's 
anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Corbyn did Brexit, compound swear word, cutesy truncated pronoun to try mm-hmm. and like make it seem lighter. Yeah. Corbyn is secretly a Tory and also wild claims that for some reason your political enemies will be going to prison. Yeah. Do you, do you because of the it's, human rights report. Yeah. Oh, God damn it, these people. Also, they don't go, they don't do the thing of, you know, like actually looking at it and seeing like if he was actually anti-Semitic mm. and, you know, if it was like there would be actual charges against him. Mm hmm. Well, like, you would say, oh, I hope the police will be interviewing you soon. And it's like, you know, that's not what comes out of this. I think one of the things that I find most tiring about all of that stuff is when the EHRC thing came out and, like, we read it, skimmed it, um, and read the big bits. But hardly any of these people ever fucking read it. No, no. Because that was Because, it, because the response up. was... I mean, this is a longer episode, but the response was declared, was declared from before the, it mm. was written. Yeah. You know? Um... Next, we have Shell on the 6th of March announced that for International Women's Day, Uh-oh. it would be changing its name. It would add an apostrophe and become Sheel for a day. <laughs> no, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Sheel um, kill union leaders. Sheel. Nigeria. Yeah, yeah Sheel <laughs> spill oil. <laughs> um, next, we have another one from James O'Brien. Uh, after uh, it was reported in the Telegraph uh, that David Frost, the Brexit negotiator, enjoyed a delicious patriotic breakfast of sausages, baked beans, bacon and eggs before leading a team of 100 UK officials into negotiations. Uh, James O'Brien responded to this. A patriotic breakfast. Sausages were invented by Sumerians circa 3000 BC. All <laughs> beans all beans used in baked beans are native to South America. Pork was first salted in ancient China, and hens were first domesticated in ancient Egypt. Patriotic. What an awful joke Brexit is making of the UK. Call yourself a patriot, you're nothing but a Sumerian lover. <laughs> Filthy Sumerian sausages. I'm just going to sit here and eat my nettles like a true Brit. Because that's like how that shit all comes out. like Because it's like, well, that well, isn't like, even properly British. How dare you? It's like... Oh yeah, the Sumerians made Cumberland sausages. It's like the, it's it's utterly pointless. And somebody yeah. actually pointed it out at the time. This stupid nitpicking, pointless shit. This kind of engagement. It's designed to get into an argument with a fascist, which he will then lose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have uh, Mike Mitchell. Okay. Sad that the comedy boom that started in 2016 with Trump being elected <laughs> is about to come to a close. Let's what let's bask. Let's bask in the laughs these next two weeks. <laughs> They'll run out. Um, the last four years have, without a doubt, produced some of the funniest and best comedy. Uh, somebody called Kyle Daly responds, you really have to give it up for SNL and The Daily Show. They rose to the occasion and never have been funnier. There's no doubt about it. No matter what happens when Americans enter that ballot box next week, we'll be remembering the laughs for years. If anything, the last four years have shown me that anyone who is paid to be funny is not funny. Mm-hmm. That they literally cannot be funny. There is something about how, like, legitimately the funniest president was, like, impervious to comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, he was impervious to being laughed at. You could only, like, laugh with him mm-hmm. because he was so goddamn funny. <laughs> um Next, we have uh, Sebastian Payne. Mm-hmm. Um, today is the dissolution of Parliament, which would have taken place if the 2015 to 2020 Parliament had been had 
proceeded as as scheduled. It's a very interesting point. I thought it is interesting to think that that is, is actually what happened. Unfortunately, he then followed up with Prime Minister George Osborne is preparing to go to the country against Labour leader Jess Phillips. Oh God! <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, she isn't. Oh. This is what she happens. Ran. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's coming. <laughs> It's coming. It's just like, oh, yeah, George Osborne, a man who, A, was chancellor, a a widely loathed chancellor, and B, was specifically ousted because he had absolutely no coalition or alliances in the country or, in the, more importantly, in the Tory party. A man so loathed that when Theresa May took over from him and sacked him, uh, she said he can go off and learn some empathy. Theresa May said that, (laughs) you know? Oh, Oh. But no, this is what happens when you're so fucking, um, you're so image poisoned. Yeah. That it's like, well, obviously, George Osborne, he's the go to guy. And then mm-hmm. Jess Phillips, she's such a breath of fresh air. And it's like, that has nothing to do with anything. That has no connection to reality. Next, we have the DSG group, some weird agrocentrist guy okay. uh, you may be familiar with on Twitter. I was actually going to go Tory conference this year and see what it was all about. Mm. But I've got to be honest, it was mostly motivated by sex. What? Someone told me literally everyone just shags. But then again, that person was probably the Tory equivalent of Jay from the Inbetweeners. Still would have gone, though. Just on the off chance of fascist lunge. <laughs> or dick. This I guy, don't want to this, make any This guy, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not entirely, um, I don't entirely remember what this guy's deal is, but he's one of those agrocentrists who like, oh, I'm Labour through and through, but you are forcing me to vote Tory. Oh, is there a Twitter picture of them leaning back? It's a some bearded guy. It's always some bearded guy. And I always get confused because I imagine that he... I have no basis for this other than the username, but the Deterritorial Support Group was one of those mm. um, anti-austerity, like... Um, uh, what's it called? Um, ad, ad busters yeah. people. Yeah. You know, they, they were one of those, and they kind of uh, dissolved at one point. And I assume some this... I ended up assuming that this guy was left with their Twitter account, but it might not even be their Twitter account, so I've, I've no idea. But yeah, that's that's who that guy is. But yeah, I... Mm. <sighs> Next, we have Catherine Room. Why I decided to take the word chief out of my CEO title to respect indigenous people. So now I'm just the leading executive officer as I move, as I put, um, plan a pipeline that goes through their territory. <laughs> I, I, I looked up the business. It's some kind mm-hmm. of, it's some kind of like consult media consultancy thing. Like pointless, <laughs> but it's like, I just like the idea of, I'm, t- I'm not, excuse me. It's not CEO. I call me the business tyrant. <laughs> <laughs> Next we have Sebastian Payne again. Mm-hmm. What do Michael Heseltine, Miles Davis, Barbara Castle, Evelyn Waugh, and Catherine Graham have in common? They're all guests at my fantasy dinner party on Tinmouth Beach with champagne, oysters, steak, and whiskey. Not enough political news to write about, so I think it's time to write about the political stuff that only goes on in my head. (laughs) What do Sebastian Payne, Robert Peston, and Alistair Campbell have in common? They're all guests at my fantasy Thunderdome at Minehead Butlins. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where we'll be drinking Mad Dog 2020 <laughs> yeah. uh, next we have 
Oh boy. Okay. Don't want to prejudice the the, the your answers to this. Your response. This is one of my favourite ones. Okay. Irvin Welsh in November mm-hmm. quote mm-hmm. tweeting um, Andrew Doyle advertising mm-hmm. this Sky mm-hmm. Show offended. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and you know that saying. Want to know why Titania McGrath is hanging out with Irvin Welsh? Uh... I believe this show had the act the stand up actress who got hired to play Titania McGrath in the on tour. But talking to Irvin Welsh. My father-in-law thinks she's real. She, she, she is. You can, anyway. you can go and see her, yeah. Um, Want to know why Titania McGrath is hanging out with Irvin Welsh? Irvin Welsh applied for the best sex of her life. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> uh, oh, to be a fly on the wall as Irvin Welsh plows the imaginary woman inside Andrew Doyle's head. (laughs) Next, we have Owen Jones. Not specifically about Owen Jones, but it stemmed from stuff that he said. Um, Someone tweeted that, oh, I'm dead chuffed that Yorkshire Tea hasn't supported Black Lives Matter. And the Yorkshire Tea account saying, please don't buy our tea again. We're taking our time to educate ourselves and plan proper action before we post. Owen Jones replying, that's it. I'm switching from PG Tips. And then the PG Tips account replying, no need to worry, Owen. You can drink us both guilt-free. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Oh, I don't know about T-Sys. I don't know about T-Sys, but I'm getting a T-Cyst <laughs> in the middle of my brain. I hate it when the brands do it. It's horrible. It's so horrible. Uh, it's just... Uh. Next, we have Polly Vernon in the Times magazine. Help! I'm COVID skin. Welcome to the world of the Nouveau Broke. <laughs> nouveau Six broke. months. Six months ago, Polly Vernon was a fan of flat whites and had a serious shopping habit and a weakness for posh candles. Now, thanks to the pandemic and a 40% drop in income, instant coffee at home and last season's jeans are just the start of it. As I sit here, I am drinking instant coffee. And I last season's jeans would be accurate if you're talking about autumn about seven years ago. <laughs> Just imagine putting that out. Considering this was set, this was put out in August, when the like consequences of the COVID recession were becoming obvious to everybody. Yeah, and you put that out. You know, Ugh. I mean, I know it's the Times Magazine, but no one's going to read it. But <laughs> but still, Ugh. yeah. Um, next, we have uh, Emma Kennedy mm-hmm. in re- in reply to a uh, joke by Rob Delaney. Rob Delaney saying, I'm not really into politics, but it seems like Biden and Trump both want what's best for the country. They just have different ideas on how to get there. Excited to learn more at tonight's hashtag debate. <laughs> it's very good. Very yes. dry, very funny. Emma Kennedy replying, this makes me want to take you to the bottom of a dark orchard and humiliate you very quietly. What? Oh, God. What? But, oh. Did... Emma, is Emma Kennedy gonna sexually assault Rob Delaney? I think she is gonna sexually assault Rob Delaney. But I, why does it have to be an orchard? Why does it have to be the bottom? Surely you can just go in the maybe in the it's surely in the middle of a dark orchard is like more clandestine. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about. I don't know no, enough no. about the part of an orchard which is best for sexual assaults <laughs> or humiliation. Well, I mean, well, I mean, you know, we didn't go to private school. No, we didn't. Um. Next, we have Jess Rowlands. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. 
rejoicing over Keir Starmer getting um, elected as leader. Okay, should I A, send Swindon, that being, what's her name, uh, Rachel Swindon, mm-hmm. the uh, Twitter account, send Swindon the Spotify link to Things Can Only Get Better, B, send her 1997 election ads and or the exit poll of Blair's landslide, or C, send her a link to Kinnock's 1985 speech against the hard-left militant group. <sighs> and it's like, oh yeah, that famous winner, Neil Kinnock. Yeah. When everybody, like, has over periods this year has brought up Neil Kinnock as a way of like fending off like the Corbyn movement. And it's like, you know, Kinnock lost. Well, that's because they don't, they don't care that they don't care that he lost. That's fine for them because he got rid of the left. That's all they care about. That's all they'll ever care about. That's literally why they won't mind when they lose next election. If they've got rid of as many of us as possible. That's why, you know, always agitate against the Labour Party. Hmm. Next, we have Scott Galloway. Uh, he's in October. He's holding up a picture of his ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever I do this, I think of Flight 93. How did the passengers decide whether to <laughs> rush the cockpit, hijackers, and attempt to retake control of the plane? They voted. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Expect to find the remains of the US Empire in a field in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, next we have Martin Daubney the the, the GQ racist oh yeah um, was it no it wasn't GQ it was Loaded sorry it was Loaded magazine That he was a lads, ex-lads mag editor who became a Brexit guy a spiked spiked, spiked adjacent Brexit guy fantastic um, stay at home as of Monday good luck with that I and many others I reckon would rather I reckon I reckon would rather face jail than miss honouring Remembrance Sunday next week. No UK lockdown will stop me turning out to remember the fallen. <laughs> Just furiously right. running to the nearest war memorial to salute it. I know there are like outdoor things for Remembrance Sunday, but most people do just stop at like 11. Yeah, because they're at work. Because <laughs> they're doing things. Like they just stop for like a minute mm-hmm. and then carry on. That's mm. the is that less lesser remembrance? Is it, it is unacceptable? Next we have uh, <laughs> Zed, who I think is a sci-fi author, okay, or a games journalist or something like that. Um, on November the seventh, after election day, America got a huge buff today. Patch notes below. Dignity plus one hundred percent. Racism minus one hundred percent. Citation fucking new... needed on that one. <laughs> Introduced new feature called Science. Removed lying from the game as it felt too effective. (laughs) Added a tool called Hope to ramp up character morale. Made future a little brighter. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's just... It's toe curling. Oh god. That's a bit much. Uh, That's too much. That is... That's a bit much. That's giving me cringe diabetes. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we can cleanse the palate. Next, we have Jess Phillips in July. <laughs> Watching the making of the Olympic 2012 opening <laughs> ceremony. And I have weeped six times already. I love my country very much. <sighs> Lloyd Russell Moyle replied, I still watch the opening ceremony and cry. 
It was progressive patriotism at its finest, built on the legacy of a socially reforming Labour government. It's genuinely felt downhill from there. He's the landlord leader of the Socialist Campaign Group, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah, fuck the That fell off pretty fucking quick, didn't it? Yeah. That masked off very fucking quick. Ugh, I forgot that they put on that fucking thing again, didn't they, during the, during the first lockdown to, like, buck Oh, yeah, because they didn't have any... Well, they didn't have any sport content, which is, like, what they feel... Basically, fill Saturday and a lot of Sundays. Yeah, they could have filled it with Belarusian yeah. football. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> or competitive fighting games. <laughs> esports. Yeah. The true, the true Olympians. Yeah. All partake in esports. Um, next, we have. Oh, this is weird. So, Steve Bell's cartoon of a, a, a couple of months ago. Um, when Corbyn got uh, got suspended, I'm going to try and describe this. Okay, paint so me first, a word picture. Word first you have yeah, Corbyn bending bending over, going, please, oh. please, give it to me. Oh, Starmer appears with a whip, saying, I know you want it, but it's my whip and you're not having it. Corbyn responds, please, both buttocks now, please. Ooh, Keir, you're so firm, you're so hard. Give it to me, please. Starmer, now the camera on this comic, has zoomed out and you see he's in his blue suit and just a pair of blue pants he says no because I'm firm and because I'm hard that I'm not going to give it to you I'm giving it to my chief whip, chief whip Nick and he's going to tease you without mercy Corbin responds yes no please I don't genuinely genuinely don't know what that was meant to say I just do have to warn you that I will be clipping that and using it <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> Next we have Andrew Adonis. Johnson No Deal is Tier 4 for the economy and people's jobs. Johnson Skeleton Deal is Tier 3. Customs Union and Single Market are Tiers 1 and 2. Rejoining the EU is the vaccine. 10,000 people have died. Like 100,000 people have died, Andy. What are you talking about? What are you fucking talking about? Well, look, sometimes he has to come up from his train wanks to, like, <laughs> send a tweet. Next, we have Francis Wheatman uh, again. Uh. Honestly, each day I inch closer to abandoning modern life to set up a kibbutz somewhere in the hills. <sighs> it's called a commune, Francis. Yeah. I mean, you can set up a kibbutz if you want. You can convert. Like I say again, you can convert. Like, <laughs> it's it's fine. But... I don't know why you keep just appropriating the words. Well, I know exactly why you keep appropriating the words, but but also she'd be she wouldn't do well. She wouldn't do well in a commune. Well, because yeah, because she's she like should... famously lazy <laughs> and obnoxious. Next, we have anonymous on Twitter. So I asked my husband why people have stopped caring about Brexit. Our son walked in and said, "It's not so much that people have stopped caring about Brexit. I fear that Brexit has stopped caring people." We looked at the floor and wept. He's right, you know. He's only eight. <laughs> right, now, obviously, right, fake. A big thing this year when I was going through these was that I genuinely had to do quite a lot of research as to whether it was just bait because yeah. people are able to mimic that voice so well now. Yeah. But I think that genuinely was, uh, that was, that was genuine. The the whole genre of you know my my child bollocks mm. is very hard to deal with. Like Jess Phillips did that 
Yes, today, I think, with the inauguration. Yeah? Yeah. Just, oh, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Next, we have Rosamund Irwin mm-hmm. uh, in a thread about the uh, beginning of the end of the Boris Johnson premiership. Okay. The reality is, we don't just have any journalist as PM. We have a crap journalist, one who made up quotes, who thinks column write, writing a column is an exercise in rhetoric, not conviction. <laughs> okay. The fucking gall. Yeah. Like Rosamund Irwin, I genuinely do not know anything about her. I probably have read some of her stuff at some point, but I've no idea. But just the gall of looking at the British commentariat mm-hmm. and thinking that they're all exercises in conviction yeah. and not rhetoric. They're just rhetoric. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real cringeworthy bit of this was in the replies. Chris Milson, who I believe works for the BBC, um, well said. This prompts the obvious hypothetical who would feature in the dream team cabinet of journalists? Oh, no. I'll start Marina Hyde as Prime uh, Minister. Uh, put your dick away. Uh, Rosamund Irwin then replies Obviously, Marina, I'd make. Becky M. Barrow, our brilliant news editor, Home Secretary, put Sean Linton in as health sec, and Matthew Paris could be a minister without portfolio and do whatever he liked, frankly. <sighs> See, whoever John someone ha- chooses to be, like, a Home Secretary, they're just, they're just outing that person as a racist, because that's <laughs> literally the only qualification yes. you need to be a Home Secretary. Uh, it continues, um, Paris as the Letwin of government makes perfect sense. John Harris in local government, Stephen Bush in housing, Caitlin Moran in equalities. I have to say, a cabinet of great journalists is looking a hell of a heck of a lot better. Oh. <laughs> Didn't Change UK have a bunch of um, <laughs> journalists try and run? Uh, they had a couple. God, it was so long ago. Um, they definitely had a couple. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, the rumor that, wasn't the rumour that... Um, Frances Wheatman tried to stand for them, or was that an established? Thing? I think she did try to. I can't remember. I know. I think one of the rumours was that um, James O'Brien was in talks with them, but then pulled out because I think he is smarter than he sometimes seems. <laughs> yeah, somehow making a party out of entirely out of superstructure didn't work. Yeah. Um, but the finally, Nando's. Oh. <laughs> finally, it's <laughs> finally we have led by donkeys. Uh, at the end of the year, they put up a cliff projection on the on the uh, White Cliffs of Dover, saying, "This is our star. Look after it for us." A star only seen by desperate migrants trying to get across that they'll agitate <laughs> to have drowned. Yeah, as the French and British Navy cooperate in order to sink migrant boats. <laughs> yeah, their, lo- their, know... their way is lit by a giant EU star. Oh. I've I've never found I've never ever seen people get so passionate over the least passionate thing imaginable. Yeah, it's like the flag was literally you know? designed specifically to not be something you could get hit up about, but they've really yeah. got into it. Because you're not supposed to. Like yeah. you're genuinely like certainly not the modern incarnation. All that stuff about oh fifty years of peace. Yeah. That's really passed by the wayside now. It is genuinely just no we get to we get like tariff barriers down yeah yeah okay so what's what's your choice oh because i've got the ones i noted down right was the patch notes yeah that's incredibly cringe um yeah irvin welsh and that one 
and the lead yeah. bottom piece? Um, hmm. Hmm. I think patch notes has to go over led by donkeys because the led by donkeys thing is at least at least it's like directly addressing the point rather well, than using the led by donkeys one as well they've been pushing that shit joke that shit thing mm. for so long that they they're just fishing for an award now they're just begging for it and they don't deserve it they don't deserve fucking anything they deserve nothing but scorn scorn and derision forever so we'll give it there to is... patch notes I think patch notes because there's something about not only doing cringe but doing cringe in such a very specific way, mm-hmm. like of using that th- like third and fourth party stuff yeah. in order to communicate the fact that you're happy about this thing that's yeah. happened. You know, no one cares. No, no. one cares. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Patch notes. Okay, next up, we have the return of the Quiet Part Loud Award for Biggest Reveal. This is the biggest reveal of what you actually think, either by mistake or just by implication. Yep. Obviously, like James O'Brien just, co- just casually thinking about the many reasons he'd want to kill Soleimani. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. <laughs> w- wondering why he might be in that position, you know, to make those kind of decisions and not, say, an Iraqi make those kind of decisions about him. Mm-hmm. Um. So, first off, we have Laura Koonsberg uh, in March. Whatever your politics, this is a really big moment. Labour could now be an opposition that gets things done and carries out effective scrutiny, irrespective of anyone's ideas. Labour under Corbyn struggled to ever do that. Right. This is clearly objectively, like, untrue. Mm -hmm. Labour won so many fucking votes in the House of Commons, if that's Mm -hmm. your bag for measuring opposition. But also, like... It was the government was intensely scrutinised and it was largely ignored. Remember that NHS report? Yep. That was leaked. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. The one that there was a vote on like this week, I think. There was yeah. a vote on this week where they could have um, pr- like protected the NHS, but no. Yeah. Um, and I mean, look. Aside from anything in this system, oppositions don't really get things done no. because that's the point of being an opposition. You're supposed to yeah. come up with arguments, but you don't have any real power. That's why politicians are supposed to hate it so much. But what's interesting here is that the implication is that ideas are irrelevant to effective opposition. Yep. She says carries out effective scrutiny irrespective of anyone's ideas. Mm-hmm. Of course, the quiet part loud there bit there is you have to be non-ideological in order for us to accept you. Yeah. And by non-ideological, she just means... Oh, she means um, well, she means not socialist. Yeah. That's it. That's just... That's it. Yeah. Uh, next, we have a discussion between some random open labour... Labour youth, all that kind of group of people on Twitter. The Blair Babies. Mandelbrat. Yes. Mandelbrat. What oh are some God. campaigns? That's such a like that's that that feels like a really good nickname for these people. <laughs> the fact that they would choose I it for themselves. I hadn't actually said that out loud, so I didn't <laughs> clock what that was until it just left my mouth. Fucking oh, Mandelbrat ruining the Labour Party. <laughs> oh. Um what are some campaigns you would like to work on in this new era of the Labour Party? Jack E.O. Robinson replies, electoral reform and R2P foreign policy. Mandelbrat, what's R2P? Jack E.O. Robinson, responsibility to protect. Uh, uh-huh. That's intervention, by the way. That's war. <laughs> it means that it can mean other things, obviously. It's mm. basically that uh, other countries should intervene in humanitarian crises and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it can mean charity, aid, that kind of thing. 
more often than not in this context, and especially from someone called Mandelbrat, <laughs> uh, or, I mean, it wasn't him who actually said it, but, you know, especially yeah. in this group, I suspect that's liberal intervention. Yeah. Um, next, we have uh, Lloyd Russell Moyle um, saying who Labour should be for. For all people, landlords, I rent out part of my main home, and tenants, standing up for employees and employers. It's not either or. We must be in this together. That's solidarity rather than division of them and us. Ah, uh, leader of the Socialist Campaign Group. It was me all along. Jesus. <laughs> that's actually that's biggest mask off, I think. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could have done that this year because there wasn't really too many turns other than the Labour Party, but... Yeah. Um, Gavin Shuker of The Guardian. People might ask me in... in sorry. Gavin Shuker in The Guardian, yeah. uh, the guy who went to Change UK. Shuker. People might ask... Gavin Shuker. Um, people might ask me in 30 years, what did you achieve in your time in politics? Mm. I'm no fan of this government, <laughs> obviously, but still, I will be able to say I helped prevent Jeremy Corbyn from <laughs> leading us through a national crisis. And to be honest, I'll take that. <laughs> Again, I think we also, also, there is a kind of thing where we spend so much of our time, like, trying to be as, not trying to be as cynical as possible, but taking those those very cynical readings and being able to see what's plainly in front of us, the, mm. the Change UK people. Yeah. They literally thought Corbyn was too left-wing. Their <laughs> policy things did not agree with them. It wasn't some kind of big moral thing. They disagreed with their political stances. That's yeah. absolutely, like, that's fine. But that's not acceptable anymore. It has to be a moral crusade because you have to... That's the only way you're going to get any, any cachet yeah. from it. But just... Remembering all the times that Change UK said, no, it's not because of left wing, or not, at least not the real left wing. Yeah. It's not because of Jeremy Corbyn. It, it's like, yeah, it is. It specifically is. You yeah. tried to SMP, uh, to, tried to SDP him. Yeah. And to be fair, kind of did. Yeah. Um, so congrats. Congrats. Well done. Um, next we have, oh boy, James Ball. In response to the journalist Dawn Foster saying that anyone excitedly talking about the inevitable COVID inquiry should remember that every inquiry is a whitewash that largely exonerates British institutions. Mm -hmm. Correct. Uh, James Ball responded, uh, yeah, there are tons, but if you pretend the only inquiry that happened was Hutton, then this works. <laughs> Very funny how, obviously, the Hutton inquiry was the one into David, Professor David Kelly's death yeah. uh, during the uh, Iraq war. That was obviously a big one. Why does he only mention mention that one? I mean, if there are so many successes, why doesn't mm -hmm. he go on? You know, he could have mentioned Chilcot that resulted in no prosecutions. He could have mentioned Grenfell, which is ongoing and they've misplaced all the evidence. Mm -hmm. There was that um, infected blood inquiry where the files yeah. went missing. Yeah. Robert Hamill was murdered by loyalists in Northern Ireland. Two discs of evidence went missing. The Bristol Heart inquiry, no substantial change. Pat Finn Ukane, the murder of Pat Finn Ukane, that didn't even get an inquiry. Uh, the Butler review into Iraqi WMDs was specifically engineered so that it excluded politicians. Uh, the Leveson inquiry, yeah, that's <laughs> really gone very far. Bloody Sunday, there was supposedly one soldier was supposed to be prosecuted from that. Do you remember that? Yep. So I looked it up. Uh, last September, it was quietly announced that there would be no further prosecutions on yeah, Bloody Sunday. So that's so that's all that's all gone. <clears throat> there was the El Swede inquiry. No wrongdoing. Nine Iraqi internees were tortured. There was apparently no wrongdoing on the part of the British Army. So, you know, there are so, so many inquiries that that I could mention that uh, 
ended no, in success. Look, you're saying but, that, you know, but it's it's just because objectively the British state never do anything wrong. I mean, by that logic, saying um, there are tons of inquiries that don't exonerate British institutions, why do we still have all of these incredibly old institutions? None of them die. (laughs) Yeah. None of them ever die. If we've got such a robust and successful inquiry thing. And remember, inquiries aren't just called over, like, small things or technical failures. They're called over deaths. Mm -hmm. They're called over large-scale failure. And every single one of the institutions examined in those is, if not, like is not extinct and is if not like the same is worse Mm. it's ridiculous like uh oh next we have uh femi uh of uh noted what was it um what what part was it oh our future our choice yeah i think that was that the pro the pro eu group femi okawale um okawale sorry if i'm pronounced that incorrectly um Last night, my mates and I ended up in a 90-minute Call of Duty sesh with some mank lads who recognised me. So, should any footage of things I say while gaming leak, <laughs> a little perspective, please. Everyone's had a heated gamer moment. It's literally a game where people take pleasure from simulating murdering each other. <laughs> oh, what would you, what you reckon he said? Uh, no, we'll just get ourselves in trouble. But just for saying. No, I mean I'm not fucking. <laughs> no, you but can I use your imagination. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you've all heard them. It's like it's, it's one of the main reasons I don't play Call of Duty is because of the screaming Call of Duty babies who are I mean, like, come um, on, I haven't, I haven't had chat on a game in decades. <laughs> well, Call of Duty, like the, it is played by Mandelbrats. <laughs> War-hungry psychopaths, a lot of them. Um, next, we have um, Oz Kataji. Oh, yeah, Oz Kataji. I haven't had him yet, I don't think. Um, in response to someone tweeting uh, tweeting out some video about um, a black woman trying to restrain white people from mayhem in a Black Lives Matter protest. Okay. If you haven't noticed on Reddit and on YouTube, there's like an ongoing battle to see who can produce the footage that will reflect your politics the best. Okay. Um and Oz decided to respond to this video of, fuck those guys, they aren't on the streets to confront organised fascist groups, and they aren't representing anti-fascist organisations. They are cosplayers, and this deliberate conflation is being used to stamp out dissent. <laughs> Oz suddenly developing a discerning eye when it comes to protest <laughs> groups, is it? <laughs> oh, Oz. Delightful man. Uh, next we have Lisa Nandy when asked about Keir Starmer's 10 pledges on Politics Live um, the interviewer asked is the first of Keir Starmer's 10 Keir Starmer's 10 pledges increase income tax for top 5% of earners reverse Tory cuts to corporation tax now gone she said I expect so <laughs> it continues what about his fifth pledge on common ownership of rail energy and water Nandy says public ownership is one way and another way is giving people more control. Oh. What does that mean? Apps. What does that mean? Apps. It means, <laughs> it means instead of um, nationalising the trains, you can choose which seat you sit on when you reserve a ticket. I love it because that whole thing, like water makes no sense unless you nationalise it wholesale. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. Like yeah. water, and, I mean, water and energy, frankly. Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't make sense to piece it off mm-hmm. and franchise it out to different solutions, which is yeah. what you're suggesting here. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes no sense. Like, mm-hmm. you've seen what happened when you put the railways out piecemeal. Yeah. Like, they've already nationalised one part of it. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't make sense unless it does. But we know exactly why she's doing it. It's yeah. like give people more control. So they spend us money? No, I just said more control. Yeah. Um, Instead right, of nationalising the trains, why don't we bring in first class, second class, and then economy ultra? That's brought to you by <laughs> Kirstarmer. Next, we have Julia Hartley Brewer saying uh, he urinated beside the plaque. He did not urinate on it. <laughs> This is basic stuff for fuck's sake, people. Stop pretending to be stupid. I'm not defending this asshole for urinating beside the memorial. I'm telling Met Police they need to be accurate. Pissing beside the plaque is awful. Pissing on it would be even worse. Now get over your pearl clutching. (laughs) Nice. I just love the way she's like, oh, I'm just trying to be basically accurate. And it's like anyone watching that goes, no, you weren't. No. You're trying to get a political group aligned to your rhetoric mm-hmm. off the hook by splitting hairs. Mm-hmm. You don't... It's just amazing because it's like, ah, oh, the sanctity of our great monuments. If we <laughs> pull down Churchill, we'd be pulling down a piece of ourselves. And it's like, you don't give a shit about that. You're literally just using it as a stick. If you write fascist it. anywhere near Winston Churchill, that's utterly revolting. <laughs> but, you know... Oh, they, it's just tiring, these people. Next, we have Francis Wheatman. I have a STEM degree and am trained in probability and risk and have run all my thoughts via my father, who was second in line to run the King's Fund and was editor of the British Journal of Pharmacology. If he thought I were wrong on anything, he'd be the first to say. <laughs> he thought I was wrong on anything. So the, the reason why this is in this category yeah. is the great reveal. If okay. you are, a, as I am, a fan of uh, the history of Wheatmanisms, um, you'll know that she has a position for everything. She has a defence for absolutely everything. She is literally Schrodinger's pundit. Yep. She's more working class than you. Yeah, she, she's she always better. She could see a, a council estate. She, she, she could see a council estate despite her father being the editor of the British Journal of Pharmacology. Mm-hmm. And yet, she's working class than you, but she's also better informed and more authoritative than you because she's higher up in the class system. Yep. I'm working class, but my dad was very important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that it's that kind of shit. Absolutely incredible. If she were anything, like she's not that important. That's why you don't. I mean, generally, we tried not to include her in. The, tried not to include her last year, but oh, it's too funny this year. But yeah. like, she's, she isn't really anything. I think people have just stopped engaging with her because it's just it doesn't matter. You will always be lesser than her, no matter what terrain you decide to talk to her on. Definitely. Uh, we have oh boy, Craig Whitaker. Uh, mm-hmm. Craig Whitaker is MP for Calder Valley. Um, And he said during the pandemic, what I have seen in my constituency is that there are sections of the community Uh that are not taking the pandemic seriously. Uh The host host just straight up said, are you talking about the Muslim community? He said, of course. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. If you look at the areas where we've seen rises and cases, the vast majority, but not by any stretch of the imagination, all areas, it is the BAME communities that are not taking this seriously enough. I've been challenging our local leaders for three weeks, asking what we are doing to target these areas to let people know that this is a very serious problem. Until people take it seriously, we're not going to get rid of this pandemic. We have areas of high multiple occupancy. When you have multiple families living in one household, it doesn't specifically have to be in the Asian community, but that is the largest proportion. Which they choose to do. (laughs) It's all fun and games talking about Sharia no-go zones until you actually need them, isn't it? (laughs) I just think, like... 
I included that whole quote because I just, as an aside, that's the cruelest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. Like, all of the Tories have made their bones in a political culture that for years talked about how, like, council housing was getting hoovered up by ethnic minorities. Yeah. And then turn around and complain that there are too many BAME people living in multiple occupancies. Yeah. Especially when this guy, Craig Whitaker, actually um, voted against an amendment that would have required private landlords to make their homes fit for human habitation. Would it surprise you to think that he's a rental landlord? No shit, like the leader of yeah. the, um, the socialist campaign group. Um, yeah, but the oh, it was there was a lot of that like at the start of the lockdown, and like mm-hmm. it's still happening now. Like you know, oh look at these, look at these these bits of the community, these different communities that aren't paying attention to um to rules enough. And then there was um the street party bullshit when they were all just like all the glowing pictures of them all break. You know what I mean? It's oh fuck you know. It's. It's this combination of, oh, well, we want white people to be have more community. Like, mm-hmm. there is a subtext with that of, of tight-knit Asian communities. When it's presented positively, it's sort of a reproachment to white people sometimes. It's like, oh, look, oh, they, yeah, they use it to com- they? they use it to complain about the, um, the social care sector that we aren't doing enough. Yeah, that you don't look after your grandma, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, like, also, like, as a side, like, Craig Whitaker wasn't the only person to say that. Andy Burnham fucking literally said the same thing. Of course it is. Um, he said that, like... Um, uh, he said the rise in transmission had been in part caused by gatherings in multi-generational households. And again, he was asked whether he meant predominantly the Asian population. And he said, yeah, I do mm. mean that. Mm-hmm. And it's like all of the stuff about, I mean, all the stuff around Christmas, right? Yeah. What was the lifting of Christmas restrictions for? It was just to allow multiple generations and multiple households to mix. Yeah. Just the fucking, the gall. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not a great reveal because obviously you suspect this happens all the time, but fucking hell. Um, Next we have, oh, one of my favourites. Again, not to prejudice anything. (laughs) I wouldn't like to... uh, This is a fair fingers on the scales constantly. (laughs) It is, yeah. Um, David Aronovich, um, in response to Rupert Reed of Extinction Rebellion, (laughs) who himself is a racist, by the way, he's one of those population guys. Oh, yeah. Um, Rupert Reed asked to debate him about climate change because he said that the Times never only covers climate change denial. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, David Aronovich said, you're succumbing to the eternal temptation of the super activist, which is to see yourself as uniquely insightful and others as inevitably fallen. But just to take one example, the Times does not lie about climate change. And Rupert Reid responded, uh, let's have a public debate about the responsibility of intellectuals in the era of climate breakdown. Maybe Times Radio might be interested to host. Aronovich replies, I don't think too many listeners will be romanced into wanting to hear us on that subject, and they aren't even set up for that kind of debate. I wonder is this, if the Science Museum mightn't be better. Times Radio, like presumably one of the venues that we've been told all this time, is essential for democracy, oh, yeah. isn't set up for a debate. Well, no, they're not set up for that kind of debate. They're set up for debates yeah. about whether um, whether single parents, del- well, like whether whether young women deliberately have loads of kids so they can get more money and never have to work. That was a thing yeah. I heard on fucking LBC this week. It was like a blast from the past. It was like, oh god, I haven't heard this classic for a long fucking time. Yeah, I mean that's like proper council council house mums and single mothers, isn't it? Yeah. I mean that is one step away from mixed race babies. Yeah. Really like a white mother pushing a, a mixed race baby in a in a push chair. It was that's like, where, that's it was like, where that comes from originally. It was like hearing feeder come on the radio. <laughs> what made you want to claw your own eyes? Out? <laughs> Ultimately unwanted. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the quiet part loud there is that yeah, obviously as you say, Times Radio is not equipped for a debate on existential crisis. It's equipped to platform climate change deniers with no comeback. <laughs> he literally said it. 
Next, we have Ben Marlowe, who wrote in The Telegraph, for the Royal Mail to survive, one of the country's most powerful unions must be defeated. <laughs> Him pimping his article that he'd written. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, in response to a comment that said, well, these union guys and girls have worked through the pandemic while many pundits and commentators haven't left their leafy cottages. They deserve more respect. This guy, Ben Marlowe, responded, they get my full respect. Have you bothered to read the piece? Chairman says, unless the company modernises quickly, it won't survive. Therefore, the union must soften its stance. It's simple logic. And I actually live in a terraced house in North London, for your information, <laughs> which I commute from regularly. <laughs> How dare you say I live in a cottage in a leafy suburb? I live in an Islington townhouse. <laughs> it's amazing. Proper North London elite. Yeah. Just there, right for the telegraph. Ah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, next we have um, Douglas Murray. This is in response to uh, the blocking... How can XR... you reveal any wor worse opinions? Oh. Um, this was after the uh, yeah blocking of the road to the presses of the Mail, Times, Telegraph and Evening Standard by Extinction Rebellion. Congrats to all the lefty celebs supporting XR. Of course, the rest of us could copy your behaviour. We could get mobs to stop the distribution of left-wing papers, vandalise your think tanks, terrorise your lives. But we don't, and we wouldn't, and therein lies a difference. We don't have any! Yeah. I, I mean, A, how many left-wing papers? There's one left-wing paper, which is the Morning Star. <laughs> um, that's shit as well. And also, like, the, uh, the quiet part loud thing there is like, yes... It would seriously be very terrible to have some kind of repression on left-wing groups. <laughs> yeah. How awful. Imagine if your groups were, say, subject to pressure by the state authorities, infiltrated with the intent to destroy them. <laughs> or if, I don't know, the left got control of some councils and those councils were somehow shut down or punished for the <laughs> policies they enacted. Yes, that would be terrible, wouldn't it, Douglas Murray? <laughs> hmm. uh, next we have... Uh, some rando, Emma M, talking about um, uh, food banks. Okay. It's about getting priorities right. If you can't afford to feed your kids, should you have a mobile phone or flat screen TV? I go without things so my kids can eat proper meals every day. And at the bottom of the tweet, sent from Twitter for iPhone. <laughs> nice. Oh, I think, oh, the flat screen thing is so fucking tiring. It's, such, it's another one that's a tiring one. Because, like, okay, mm. as... A man of a certain age. I'm going to start saying that. As a man of a certain vintage, I have considered building my own arcade cabinet. And for that, you'd need a CRT screen. And they are like fucking hen's teeth. So what yeah. the... Like, they, like if, the, if the poorest in society were on a mass, had a massive CRT tellies, they could have so much money. <laughs> They're so expensive. You literally can't buy anything else. No, yeah. you have no choice. And no phones, fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so these... Oh. Ah. Next, we have uh, Keir Starmer oh. on the BBC coronavirus newscast. Oh. For me personally, I really hated uh, selling myself to the membership, and I much prefer leadership decisions as leader of the Labour Party. <laughs> that's, I mean, obviously, like, that is, again, that's one of those things where we spend so long being mm -hmm. kind of reading between the lines, and they're very easy lines to read between. They're yeah. like, you know huge gaps between them that you could sail the titanic through but it's just the, for me personally i liked it when i didn't have to do anything and everyone just did what i said yep i like, like it much more anything, when i'm a dictator 
So, yeah, aside from anything you think about Keir Starmer and his leadership, and there is much, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I much prefer being a, just promoted to the head of running everything. Yep. Well, of course, like, of course you do. Everyone does. <laughs> I, wow. Um, next, we have uh, one from the US. Chuck Schumer mm-hmm. tweeted, we recently learned a tragically sad story of a veteran in the Rochester region when he stopped receiving increased unemployment assistance, he couldn't pay his mortgage and heartbreakingly committed suicide. I just demanded that we pass suicide prevention acts. What's the suicide prevention act? Um, it's more resources for mental health and anti-suicide stuff. But obviously, <sighs> the quiet part loud there yeah. is when he stopped receiving yeah, exactly. increased unemployment assistance. Yeah. The, for him, the problem is that people commit suicide, not that people are poor. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Amazing. Just like... He must have, like, he's fairly prominent. He must have someone who reads those things through before mm-hmm. he tweets them. You know? Well, they don't care, you know. I'm looking forward to four years of that. Next, we have Dan Hannon in mm-hmm. October. If we were prepared to accept our parents' living standards, no dishwashers, no weekend city breaks, no smartphones, four channels on TV, cars without sat-nav that wouldn't start in the cold, etc., we could all retire young. We tend to take improvements for granted. Yes. Our parents' living standards, things like labour rights, collective bargaining, pay rises, nationalised yeah. electricity, water, gas. How, how, you know where I'm going with it. You know. Yeah. The thing it's is, like, is whenever, they, it's whenever they do this one of, you know, our parents' living standards, the thing that always comes back into my head is the blues club my dad used to go to in Cardiff where the entrance was 50p and you got a pasty. And it's like, yes, I would happily have that for no phone. It's always the kind of thing of like, I mean, obviously his uh, economic, his brand of economics, Mm -hmm. when it's pushed into a corner as a failure, which it is, it's Mm -hmm. extreme like monetarist um, economics. um, When it's pushed into a corner, it always ends up as a moral plea. So that's why all of these things are about struggling. Yeah. You know, no dishwashers. You have to wash the dishes by hand. It's like, yeah, that people do that all the time. They don't have dishwashers. My dishwasher has been broken for a year. It's fine. Um, I'm fine, for... but I could, I'm not fucking going to be able to get to early retirement because of it. <laughs> um, and the main one that stands out to me is cars that wouldn't start in the cold. Mm. And it's like, you know, right now, if you had a car that wouldn't start in the cold, that's specifically significantly more expensive yeah. to run the one that starts every time because you'd have to keep getting it serviced. Mm. You'd have to buy a lot more antifreeze and stuff like that, you know? Just, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea what cars. Um, next we have Sunny Hundle. Mm-hmm. So you think the public is suddenly going to swallow socialism en masse in the next 10 years to accept this agenda? Or do you think it's more likely that because they hate socialists and socialism, they'll just keep delaying action until it's too late? Uh, Then in response, a friend of the pod, PG Chodehouse, (laughs) says, I think a class of people for whom the current system is working nicely will continue to entrench their position. Self-proclaimed moderates will incorrectly believe it possible to gain approval from that demographic while also achieving fundamental change. Accurate. Yes. Um, Sonny replies, well, then your route of achieving transformational change isn't going to happen, is it? Just admit it. <laughs> and it's like, what's the key thing there? It's not like, uh, he, he also says, if you mean the Green New Deal outlined by AOC, then it's way too bonkers for me. It's a laundry list of everything the hard left wants thrown in with greenwashing. Oh. Um, the, the key thing here is it's not that Sonny doesn't accept that some Green New Deal would ha- actually help with climate change. It's that he resents the fact that it would need socialistic methods to do it. Yeah. And that this would prevent him supporting it. Yeah. Quiet part loud, I would rather burn the world yep. than profit-seeking to be restricted in any way. 
Why doesn't? Why do we have to swallow that thing? Why doesn't he have to swallow it? Um, next, we have uh, a rando, um, Inspector A. E. Pessimal, with three brackets around the name and an RAF avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, Which RAF? I have a, the good uh, RAF or the bad RAF? I think you know. Um, I have a confession to make. I've been struggling with the whole BLM movement and agenda. No shit. Ties to Antifa, Marxists, communists, and generally anyone willing to be an anarchist. Don't think that I don't care about people's lives. I do. Thread mm. one of ten. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to go to the thread. That's just it. Don't need to. <laughs> don't need to. <laughs> it's just like I, I need to. I need to confess these. <laughs> These anti-far Marxist BLM. <laughs> Next, we have uh, David Yelland. Um, if you don't know who he is, I'll tell you at the end. Mm-hmm. So many good friends in the UK newspaper business have told me that they had to back Brexit as the bosses wanted it. The country was failed as a result. We are about to find out how badly. A couple of days later... Serious questions have to be asked as to why the British press, or so much of it, colluded with idiots and idiocy and drove their own readers off a cliff. A shameful moment. David Yelland, if you don't know who he was, former editor of The Sun. (laughs) I just don't understand. I I need some answers as to why the British press would back Brexit just because their (laughs) bosses wanted it. I can't put these things together as I cram this square peg into this round hole. Uh, next, we have um, John Delaney, who, again, from the US Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. It is more important that Biden's cabinet is diverse than if it's moderate or progressive. Very little policy gets done in DC, but what endures is changing how young people think of government. Oh. When they see leaders who look like them, they are inspired. That changes the world. Oh. This could now see from that sound, that's the cringe alarm right there. Now you think, why is this not cringy? And it's like, it is a little cringy, of course. The important thing is quite part loud is that after decades, decades of being told you have to be more electable, you Mm -hmm. have to be able to win elections to be in power, to suddenly find out that actually being electable doesn't matter. What matters is getting appointees to form like some kind of um, catalogue of people to look at. Yeah. Oh, actually, there's very little policy there anyway. So if young people get inspired, what do they do when they run into the brick wall of going to DC and not being able to do anything about it? Mm. Do they just exist there as figureheads to inspire the next generation? What, what, where does policy get done if it doesn't get in DC? And why are you in politics for that? Oh. It's maddening. Also, maddening. It's so patronising as well, because what are people yeah. inspired by? Just seeing themselves reflected back at themselves. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like nothing, not anyone saying that anything. Narci- they're that narcissistic yeah. that they only like politicians who they can see something of themselves in. I yeah. don't see anything of myself in Jeremy Corbyn. He's way no. more principled than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate it because he was going to do stuff. Exactly. And he's, I believed that he was. Hmm. Uh, next we have um, David Hirsch. This would be um, after Ian Austin commented on um, Arsenal losing Mm -hmm. a football football match jeremy corbyn is not capable of caring about football his claims to be an arsenal fan are fake nothing is important to him but the universal good of mankind etc etc he can't enjoy a game just beyond him or cheer for something other than what he passes for politics quite apart loud 
Are you saying the universal good of mankind is a bad thing? <laughs> I, think, I mean, I know obviously he's using it yeah. satirically and patronizingly, but like, it's the kind <laughs> of thing of like, yeah, okay, you name your politicians like your 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 bet noirs like obsessions of like, oh, he wants to do yeah. things like saving the world, feeding the children, <laughs> what a fucking scumbag. Um, we had the uh, Democratic whip, Senator Durbin, mm-hmm. who rejected Bernie Sanders' proposal to hold up the NDAA, um, which was the uh, stimulus for to get money into people's pockets in America because okay. of coronavirus. Yep. Um, he tried to stop Sanders holding up the N- NDAA to um, get more stimulus because of the importance of pay raises for troops, support for Ukraine and Baltic states, Ooh. and renaming military bases after Confederate leaders. <laughs> yes! Like, that is making the military bases that are named after Confederate leaders and changing their names. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (sighs) Looking forward to Trump (laughs) 2.0. Next, we have um, uh, some randos. uh, A A. Yuanka's ghost, Mm -hmm. which I think is meant to be Yuanka with one extra letter to make it sound like Wanka. Cool. So just You need to know these things. It's important to put these things it in is. context. They're going to try and starve us out, like they did with the U-boats. <laughs> Folks, same people, same tactics. EU commission, dirty, square-headed fuckers. <laughs> trying to starve us out like they did my great-grandfather's U-boat in World War II. <laughs> <laughs> to which Cariad... Uh, emoji, emojis, Welsh flag, Union flag, Welsh flag, Union flag, US flag, snowman. <laughs> he, they respond, it won't work. In fact, I look forward to eating more fish, scallops and longestines. Perhaps I will be able to fo- afford to buy them on a more regular basis. So close. Yeah. So close. Oh. Man. Um, next we have... <laughs> Uh, we mentioned this on the pod before, but uh, in a speech about devolution, uh, Keir Starmer mentioned Wales five times. <laughs> Four of those were to list the parts of the United Kingdom. The fifth was to mention that the first baby born under the NHS was named after an Iron Bevan. So good. In a speech about devolution. Oh. It was like half an hour long or something, wasn't it? It was quite long. Yeah. It wasn't just like a brief remark. Looking forward to the May elections. <laughs> just for Schadenfreude. Uh, next we have Marina Hyde who said Cummings' university history tutor once described him as something like a Robespierre determined to bring down things that don't work five years after his revolution Robespierre himself was deemed to be something that didn't really work and was brought down to euphemise the business of being relieved of your head in front of an ecstatic mob I must say that I found the footage of Cummings being screamed at in his street on Sunday distinctly disturbing when set alongside his account of his family's house having become a target for threats of violence this is never right quiet part loud here is why would Marina Elizabeth Catherine Dudley Williams, daughter of Sir Alistair Edgecombe, James Dudley Williams, second baronet, why would she be afraid of obeying mob? And finally, we have Ashley Frawley in December. She is the spiked mask oh, yeah. Marxist. Yeah, yeah? The uh, goes on about 
goes on about what Marx really wanted uh, pro, is pro-smacking, pro-racism. Yep. Uh, this was on a story about a coronation, about coronation Street firing a director over Facebook posts that that director had oh, yeah. made. Um, she says, race entrepreneurs and the professional middle class want, us, want to draw us into a race war. Don't be fooled. It's to hide their position in the class war. Uh, to which um, UK spunky monkey emojis, England flag, tree, Hindu symbol, star of David, Christian cross. <laughs> spunky monkey replies, identity politics is the next level to their plan. But in the UK, it's lost the working class. So in effect, backfired. The working <laughs> class simply doesn't identify with the middle and upper class virtue grandstanding snob. Ashley Frawley replies, it's not a plot. They don't represent the interests of the working class, but rather their own professional middle class. For them, the working class is an administrative project, not a self-freeing subject, as Marx saw them. They prefer a passive, victimised working class and fear one expressing its agency. Spunky Monkey replies, so unless you now bow to the Marxist agenda, you lose your job, regardless of the irrelevance. How far does this go before society says enough? Ashley Frawley says, not Marxist, not Marxist. <laughs> Getting workers fired for questioning lobby group claims is not Marxist. Spunky Monkey replies, who do you think is responsible for all this critical race theory rubbish? Another layer to the attack on capitalism and the free market economy. <laughs> the quiet part loud there is, Ashley. It was all very loud. <laughs> if you're listening, when you talk about cultural Marxism and talk about it being hidden behind the veil... <laughs> People tend to focus on the word Marxism <laughs> being a full half of the phrase and 98% of the content. <laughs> Just a little tip there. <laughs> uh, so, right. Okay. What is I think best quiet part mm, loud? See, Unionist Care was pretty funny, but I think mm. the quiet part loud is it's, it's um, the landlord leader of the socialist campaign group. Wanting mm. to protect business owners. Yeah, like I say, that's a very, it's a very um, straightforward mask off moment. It's like yeah, yeah this I'm is what solidarity is. It's like, it's like solidarity with Bezos. You cannot. There is enough evidence and enough people there to remind you. You cannot pretend momentum was somehow like pro landlord mm -hmm. that it did not have. Let's say that it did not have a particular problem with the role of the landlord in this economy. Mm -hmm. You cannot 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 deny that you can't just suddenly come in and go actually it's all of us together that's what real socialism is about mm -hmm. you know specifically because you've just spent five years if not pandering to it then ingratiating yourself in that thing yeah. enough that yeah. you never mentioned you were a landlord before and suddenly you're happy enough to yeah 